electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber, live at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Stock's going to give back uh, some of what was the best week since uh, June, as September jobs grow 263,000, unemployment 3.5. Meantime, tech's taking a beating on AMD's guide, two-year around 4.33. Our roadmap begins with that September jobs number. We're going to dig into it, talk about what it might mean for the Fed. Also ahead, chips are under pressure after AMD issues a sales warning. It is citing weakness in the PC market. Plus, we got a trial postponement, and we do have a deadline to close the deal at 54.20. I will bring you the latest, though, on the Twitter Elon Musk saga. Let's start with futures uh, falling as investors digest the September jobs number. Jim, you probably heard on Squawk, uh, not a lot in there. Although, Jim, year-on-year wage growth is uh, the lowest since December. Yeah, but it's just not what, if you're J-Pal, you're thinking, okay, when, what, when do I have an impact here? And this is not a great report if you're the Fed. Yes, they've got that, and we know that the job openings have come down, but I, there's nothing in here that makes it so that you this is that we don't have a big down October. The unemployment no. rate went down again, which well, is right. good. I mean, it's funny because you stop being so charitable toward the poor. I mean, that's what you feel like you feel right like when you say mature. when you say, oh, we'd rather have it higher because it would mean right. the Fed is getting what it wants instead. It's actually but, uh, was, lower than it was. But there was one paragraph I'm going to read because I think it's never talked about. It's driving me crazy. Among those not in the labor force in September, 452,000 persons were prevented from looking for a job due to the pandemic. Uh, in May 2020, 9.7 million persons were prevented. But there's still 452,000 people who are not looking for jobs. Now, what's the real number? I think it's substantial. And what, what happened? What, how about the buyouts? They're substantial. So, I mean, we got to cycle through this thing. Now, I know that there were a lot of people on the previous show who said, well, look, the Fed's going to tighten too much. I, I don't care. The Fed has to tighten. I mean, these numbers are just incredible. And remember, I want the Fed. The Fed wants to have your home lower, your, your pension lower, wants to have your savings lower. David, it wants that. And so it's getting that. Well, it, is it? Well, have you seen your screen? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm well aware of the screen. What are you looking at? I, I do look at it. I try to look away is sometimes it, as well. Red is bad. I'm aware oh, no. of that. Maybe Reddit's Although good. I still don't completely buy into your thesis. But my thesis about is right. About when it comes to so wealth I don't really destruction. Need your buy. I, know I don't you need don't. your buy I know you don't, but I'm here to question it. That's they, all. Not they on the don't other want you to spend. I mean, how do you... I mean, I was on a, uh, a Norwegian cruise line yesterday, the Prima. Uh, I mean, are people just start really throwing money at, at cruising. They want to go places. They want to do things. Because what happened? I mean, you know, people were cooped up for... A year and a half. They want to spend. Well, even after the revised uh, spending BA data we got earlier in the week, there's still a, at least a trillion in excess savings, which a lot of banks now think will probably last people until maybe the summer. Well, there we go. And so the Fed raises and the Fed raises and 
Then, I, I mean, I was saying that I thought the two-year could go to five and a quarter. I bought some two-year paper, obviously too premature. You can actually do an inverse Kramer on the two-year. Um, well, we're going to get the banks in not that long, so we will get some some guidance or at least some commentary from the likes of Jamie Dimon. Which they have a huge we'll have a credit Brian card Moynihan. portfolio, Brian Moynihan. Brian Moynihan, but all of them in terms of that consumer spending number, which right. I've heard nobody say is really let up dramatically. It hasn't. There's been a lot of pent-up savings. People want to do things. The behavior of people post-pandemic is in keeping with what's happened post-war, but we have no immigration in the country, and we just don't have enough people to serve jobs. And it's very typical when you go to a restaurant and they say, listen, we can't serve you right now. We don't have enough servers. Yeah, that's, that was really, we're, and we'll talk to Secretary Walsh about uh, labor force participation, but we had gotten our hopes up last month when we got to 62.4. Could we build on that? Some argued if we had, uh, you might have been able to tolerate a number in the twos, but it went down to 62.3. This number, I mean, in the times that I've come out of a recession, you were always praying you get this number. It's like, wow, you know what? We're back. Well, we're back the wrong way. <laughs> well, it's not the wrong way. I mean, why is it oh, a bad stop. thing when we're adding 370,000 jobs a month for the last three months or 360,000 for the last six months well, average? Okay, well, That's good, isn't it? Well, Secretary Walsh, let me just tell you, the problem with that is because the Federal Reserve is determined to make it so that those numbers aren't as strong. All right, and so inflation. the market will keep going down, but you know what? Those people are going to have jobs, and a lot of them probably don't invest in the stock market, so well, it's good. Okay. Hey, it's not just your stock market portfolio, it's your house. They want things to be cooled off. They want it so that instead of all these people right now who are at this point, David, this is bad for the podcast, they're here trying to sell, and the buyers are here. Well, what happens typically at this moment is the sellers capitulate, and they have to capitulate. Someone has to capitulate. The sellers capitulate and start hitting the bids. So those of you who are in a best and final situation, forget it. You're about to really become the top bidder in this. You're going to look back at this at this recession or what a downturn, and you're going to say, I paid at the top. Because the sellers are going to capitulate. They see this. They know mortgage rates are going to eight. Yep. And they're not going to be able to get rid of their, their properties. Well, certainly uh, Waller's comments uh, yesterday oh, sort of pointed nightmare. to the fact that they're going to keep going and really pushing back hard at the notion that there's some kind of liquidity crisis in the market, even with rates up. Here's what he said. And inflation is far from the FOMC's goal of 2% and not likely to fall quickly. This is not the inflation outcome that I am looking for to support a slower pace of rate hikes or a lower terminal policy rate. In my view, we haven't yet made meaningful progress on inflation. And until that progress is both meaningful and persistent, I support continued rate increases along with ongoing reductions in the Fed's balance sheet to help restrain aggregate demand. He had this uh, interesting analog with pumpkins on October 31st. Liquidity for pumpkins is very high, but on November 1, market goes to zero. Well, uh, right. I mean, but what, what, what people, I mean, two months ago, Powell wasn't working hard and wasn't tightening fast enough. Now he's tightening and there are things going on that we don't realize underneath that are going to hurt, but they're not that bad. I mean, look, the economy's red hot. It is. And inflation's going up at, say, 8%, and the working person is making 4%. And Powell is uniquely attuned to the working person. I wish he would sell more bonds, but 
Why do people not understand that, that Jay Powell is worried about the working person? Is he only supposed to be worried about the rich people, David? Is this like some private equity punishment? No. I, I, all right. So he is worried about the work. That's what he's worried about. So, but, so they're getting jobs, so that's good. Well, no, but he wants... And they're not losing jobs. No, but he doesn't... But he wants people to go to the supermarket and say, I can afford the cream Understood. cheese. Understood. Right. The cream cheese is not out of reach. Right. He doesn't want... David, you were never like the status of our family situation, where we bought, we bought what's called margarine, oleo. Really? How would you know? <laughs> Guessing. <laughs> Guessing. <laughs> but, you know, look, you would come home and your father had a bad month, and he was like, wow... This right, stuff. Fair point. Right? Yeah, you know I what mean, even say it's a bad month? Got, Used by astronauts. What's got, that? Uh, Used tang, by tank. We got five percent wage growth, and that's still below the inflation rate. They need to. They need to cool it. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Okay. So and, now we're talking you know, about a terminal rate in the spring of 2023 of around 4.6 percent, based on Fed funds. All I can tell you is, is that we are we're going to get into the into the banking season. And there's not a lot of bad debt, even though I keep reading that there's a lot of bad debt. That's just not true. And we're going to have these banks make a lot of money, and people are going to say, well, they're red hot. We need bad. So that's why AMD is so good. Give me some bad. Uh, AMD is going to help us uh, chop some wood, if that's what you're talking about. As yeah. Jim said, uh, down in the pre-market, cutting its sales forecast. Uh, Chipmaker says it's being hit by that larger-than-expected slump in PCs. I think it was uh, Stacy Rasgon of Bernstein, uh, Jim, that the... Hit in client revenue is admittedly a bit breathtaking. Well, I think that's wrong. I don't think it's breathtaking. I like it. I think that after Micron, you had to figure that anybody who was selling PCs was going to be destroyed. It's interesting. NVIDIA's down a lot. They don't, sell, they don't make PC chips. Uh, but the SMH will be down. I think that the misjudgment, the lead times got long. Lisa Sue kept making and kept making them. And then the, there are no, there's not a lot of new PCs bought. This is another post-COVID situation. And uh, she said that gaming was strong. People are not ignoring that. That, that absolutely strong in the, in the data center. People are ignoring that. What they're focused on is the same thing that happened to Micron. But if you look at Micron, when we buried Sanjay, we buried him at 48, and the stocks went to 54. Now, this is a clearing event. It is a little, I don't call it breathtaking. I'm going to, because I saved that for Stephen King. Fairy tale, really good. That's his new one. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. Well, okay, when he has another one, I'll mention that one. I know you love. Why did you, you have to say he mentions it? Why did you have to say that? What do you mean? What's well, could you? Well, it just that implies that I repeat myself. Well, you do. I, I, He's I, the Dickens of our time. I, I try to be emphatic. Anyway, um, the supply chain issues. No, uh, what the real weakness is, supply chain issue is, is that they had giant orders. Okay. So they're trying to meet the demand of the orders, and they're making them, and then they're making them, and then they're making them, and then they hit a retaining wall, as they're not needed anymore. So the question is, to me, is the charge big enough? Uh, NVIDIA took a bigger charge on what it had in gaming. Uh, Micron took a bigger charge. I think her charge is too low. We're not buying it back. We're going to let it happen. We're going to see the quarter. Hmm. I guess one question would be, after CarMax and after Nike and after... Levi, and now AMD, is every print going to come with some kind of softer guidance? I think that there's something wrong with everything. I mean, Levi, they have, they're on tonight. They, you know, they've got department stores that are not doing that well. Everybody has something. There is one part of their business that is different from the way it was 
before, when it was like, well, Levi's selling, Levi's stock has not been great, but at 24, it was selling terrifically. Yeah, and now he's up 45, right? No, now you buy TJ Matt, you buy TJX off of that. And then you go and buy all the Levi's you want. I'll see you at TJX. I do go there sometimes. There's nothing wrong with TJX. You can shop there. It's uh, actually perfect. It's right good. next door, and I do occasionally. And then are you a member of Ollie's Army or not? No, I've never been in an Ollie's. You know, it's not a paramilitary organization. You know, that's what you think. I, I'm glad to hear that. Are I'm, you uh, Are you now nervous on Dell, HP, uh, Intel, I, Microsoft? I, I'm not nervous. They stink. I mean, Intel already had it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, already had it. Oh, already okay. had a very yeah, poor quarter. Yeah, fine. Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's it then. That's not the clearing of it. That wasn't the clearing of no, it? No, that was not the clearing of it. But they can talk about Mobileye. Mobileye. There's a chart for you, Chiefs. You you haven't liked it all the way down. Well, you still don't. it's good to be It's good right. to be right sometimes. Oh, thank you, Sunshine. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm Sunshine. Yeah, that's, where like he, that's where I, he comes You're out. full of sunshine today. Yeah, you are. You really are. <laughs> Give him sun, I sunshine. Has it, has it been a long week? Listen, Sparky. <laughs> oh, I got Sparky. Sparky saved for, like, really just dirt. By the end of this show, things are going to be flying, I have a feeling. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that Look. coffee cup's made out of paper. It's espresso, which I need. Hide the phones. these numbers are so hide, bad. Hide the phones hide, hide and the, the computer yeah. monitors. Hide the phones. Oh, he's coming back and saying it's awful. So that's what you do. That's what he does. I'm talking to him, and he's like, Wow. Look at that! You know, oh wow! And it's like, and then I look at it. It's a picture of his dog. Well, I'll, I'll handle. I'll handle the tease. Let me see what uh, that still means. to come, we've got the latest around Musk and Twitter today. Now with that trial delayed, we'll get to uh, other names, including Levi. We'll dig into that. Uh, some of these other reports regarding uh, Visa, FTX, uh, DraftKings, Disney. We'll talk about it when Squawk on the Street comes back. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
Oh, what a week for uh, Twitter and Elon Musk. We see the stock there at 49. Listen, a week ago, of course, we looked like we were going to trial on October 17th in Delaware. There'd been no real movement uh, in terms of anything real on settlement talks, at least that uh, we were aware of. Uh, and, of course, there was, therefore, uh, the uncertainty that would come along with potential litigation. A week later, well, he's committed to buying the company for 5420. But yesterday, Mr. Musk and his legal team certainly got a, a very positive ruling from Chancellor McCormick when they filed a motion uh, to essentially delay the trial and let us close and get all our ducks in a row when it comes to our financing and our equity financing as well, although they don't say that as much. Uh, and we'll close by the 28th. And Chancellor McCormick said, done. I will let you do that. That date was probably at the very end of sort of the reasonability scale in terms of how far you could push things. They didn't need to go that far, it wouldn't seem. They hadn't actually even contacted the banks as yet, as, as far as I was able to determine based on a number of different calls uh, in, in terms of saying, get ready to fund and or their equity partners. Remember the $7 billion he raised from the likes of Larry Ellison? None of them had been contacted either. It does appear when Mr. Musk sent in that letter, it really was him and maybe Alex Spiro, his lawyer, Quinn Emanuel. Nobody else seemed to even know on Monday night when he uh, authored that letter, as, of course, at the same time he was tweeting about Ukraine and Russia. But here we are. Uh, and uh, where we are is that, well, there's a lot of people who believe in the 22 days between now and when he has to close, who knows what Elon Musk and his legal team will come up with. That's the fear. The other side would say there's nothing they can do. They are going to close. And if they don't, Chancellor McCormick is going to say, fine, we're having a trial. We're putting it on in November. It's going to be fast and then I'm going to force you to close. Um, that said, you got to get, you know, the latest uh, financial statements or at least ask for them from Twitter. And then he's got to sign the solvency opinion or certificate. It's got to sort of be given to the banks as well. And there's some questions or concerns about whether Musk will try and screw around with that. Um, he's got 22 days. He's Elon Musk. Well, Who knows? I've been involved with some complicated litigation, including a six-year case in New Jersey, the longest-running case at one point in the state. And I wanted to get memos. Now, I'm not going to talk about, like, I'm banned from telling you about how things came out, but I'm just saying that one thing is for certain. There is always something incriminating that could wreck your business going forward. Now, does, don't you think in a trial some things would come out from this man that would make it so that they would have trouble doing business? You know, I, that's a question. We all have wondered, is it really uh, the fear of not even the trial, but the deposition? The deposition. was scheduled for this week, was scheduled for last week, then this week, then Monday, now put off, of course, given the trial has been put off as well, potential trial, if they don't close. Uh, uh, we don't know. We don't know what it was he potentially feared from a deposition. It's not like he hasn't given plenty of them in the past. He has, but... Uh, in this case, certainly, it does appear that he wanted to avoid that, Jim. Um, so something you know, happened. There's any number of, 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 of hedge fund managers who obviously focus on event-driven deals, who are trying to figure out all the different ways that he could potentially try and screw with this at this point, uh, from not signing an opinion and therefore putting the financing in some sort of risk. By the way, again, and I shared this a great deal a uh, number of times yesterday, the financing banks are there and ready to stand up to right. their commitment. That is not in doubt um, based on a number of different conversations that I certainly had. Uh, but, you know, if you don't sign a solvency opinion, then right. they won't fund. But then well, the judge would... could still order him to buy the company right. anyway. Right. It's up to him, the capital structure. So right. 
The 28th Better is, that they make a deal than the judge. We'll know. Three months right. from now. I'm three months. Three weeks from now. Are you going to go? We'll yeah. know. No, I'm not going to go down there. He's going to close on the 28th. I agree. That They've withdrawn their termination letter. Freeze. I've been saying that since they've, day one. They've testified in the court. They've told Chancellor McCormick, we're closing on the 28th. We'll, we'll see mean, what she does if it's they don't. ironclad. It's like the worst deal ever if, you, if you're Musk. It like basically says, I'm buying it no matter what. You can't stop me. Right. Meantime, this interview in the FT is pretty remarkable, uh, where he talks about, uh, he says, Twitter is certainly an invitation to increase your pain level, but I'm not doing it for the money. It's not like I'm trying to buy some yacht and I can't afford it. I think it's important people have a maximally trusted and inclusive means of exchanging ideas. As for others, like Truth Social, it's essentially a right-wing echo chamber. It might as well be called Trumpet. There's, well, yeah, there's the quote in question, uh, Carl, that you chose because we also were focused on that. He also said it should be as trusted and transparent as possible. That is the new Twitter, which, again, at this point now, by the way, they could have closed next week. Uh, you know, in the way things typically work, they could have closed as soon as next week. But in three weeks, it's going to be his or it won't be. And this thing will go on and we'll end up at trial in November. And then we'll probably end up maybe we end up in New York in December if the banks. I mean, you can go down a lot of roads here. There were people who bought. I'm going to try not to wealthy, talk about it for the next three weeks. We'll see what happens. You did a great job. Thank there were you. some wealthy people who bought the stock before betting that it actually was undervalued. That it was undervalued. The only way it was undervalued was based on the fact that he's going to pay 54.20 for it. Well, that it might have been worth something. Well, it's worth something. What's well, no, the number, that, Jim? In a in a market that doesn't worth, exist, with Elon must bid. How about thirty-five, thirty-seven? That's where Twitter trades in the market right now, based on its fundamentals. I think the things are better than you think. Wow, thirty-five, thirty-seven. I think the things are better than you think. I think most people think twenty and below. No, I think things are better than you think. They're uh, changing a lot of stuff. Parag's doing a very good job. Yeah. Well, Parag's no, not going to be CEO. Parag. He's got three more weeks. Well, when I saw him. He was wearing his black T-shirt, his patented black T-shirt. What? He's wearing his patented black T-shirt. Thumbs up. The, he doesn't understand the, top, top, the, the whole idea of podcast. David just put thumbs up when I said I was obviously making a joke. All you had to do was say, well, that's all you have to say about him? <laughs> we'll get Kramer's mad dash in the opening bell in a moment. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Still to come on a very busy Friday, we'll get the White House reaction to the jobs number with the Labor Secretary, Marty Walsh. He'll join us after the opening bell. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's do a mad dash here as we count down an opening bell. For Friday, we finally got there. Well, minute and a half to the open. What do you yeah, got? Yeah, it is a pleasure that we're finally there. Okay, so Apple will be down off of the advanced micro, nothing to do with each other. Um, but Apple, okay, so we've got Morgan Stanley saying things are a little bit better. The lead times are good. But we have Tony Saganegi. Uh, doing one of those soliloquies he does, which is we are cautious on iPhone 14. Units, we estimate, could be up five, but worry that units could be weak. Um, well, I mean, he just gives you just enough to be able to find himself on TV saying that he's cautious. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, am I cautious about it? I'm cautious about everything because this is like a horrible tape. 
But I do think that at the end, that Apple's going to have a decent number. And the reason, David, is because the phone companies need Apple to open accounts. And yesterday there was an upgrade of Verizon, and I thought that even though it's not going to do anything, uh, if you want to open an account, you get a great Apple phone. And that's, and that's it. Simple as that. It's simple as that. It's as simple as that. Well, I mean, remember, most people do not buy Apple phones. Right. They open accounts. No, they start, right, and then it's, right. they pay over time. And you can get a really good, um, uh, when you return your phone, you get a lot of money for it. So that's good, too. And they don't throw it away. They send it to another country. And I don't know. I just think that selling Apple today is just purely emotional. It's an emotional sale. Like, every, like a lot of us. Let's get to the opening bell here. Final one of the week and the CNBC real-time exchange with the big board at Home Builder Century Communities celebrating its 20th anniversary at the NASDAQ. I'm not done yet foundation focused on the needs of adolescent and young adult cancer patients. Breath is going to be uh, negative at the open here, Jim. We have not yet mentioned oil, which got to 90. Uh, having its best week since March of ten dollars. I, I think the stocks are, are right now starting to peak. They've up a great deal, but that's because they're S and P. They're part of the S and P. Mike Trust has been selling the oils and a lot of the oil, trying to get back to five percent. I know there's some people on fast money are still dramatically higher, uh, but I just think that in the end, if the economy is going to weaken, then oil will weaken. Uh, there are areas like natural gas where we have to keep shipping it overseas because right. of what's going on in Russia. Uh, and we do know that they can't endlessly pump the SPR. But these are great prices to lighten up. They're just great to lighten up. I think the stocks, I think the oil goes to 95. And when it gets to 95, I think you want to sell some. So you think there's a ceiling on crude because of economic? Because of economic. It's gonna, what's gonna yeah, happen? otherwise I like it. I mean, we're going over which ones to trim because we have so many of them. What if? Uh, what if Russia takes three million off or five million off? That's oh. where you get these, you know, back to J.P. Morgan saying 180. No, I know, and it's possible, but I just think that you don't want to be greedy. If you bought them when they're much lower, then you don't want to fool around. And uh, I, look, I, if China came back online, it would be very meaningful. I'm waiting for something big to happen in China because we've seen the casinos do well. We've seen some of the American companies do well. We're all worried. We're all wondering what's going to happen after the coronation of President Xi and whether he's going to open up the whole country. And that's what I think is driving the Baltic Freight doing better. That's what's driving Macau doing better. And, you know, David, if they open China, then oil can go higher. Uh, go yeah. through the hundred. Level. Well, a lot of different things will happen if they open China. So what do you think they're going to do? A lot more economic activity will take place. Right. A lot they can do more it. consumer purchases will take place, potentially. Right. That should drive gaming, which would drive NVIDIA. It could drive gaming, although isn't right. gaming something you do at home when you're locked in? Well, see, that's the thing. There's two kinds of gaming. There's the Take-Two um, Call of Duty, and then, and then there's the Epic, okay? And the Epic numbers are still in ascendance in a very rapid way, but the traditional uh, Grand Theft Autos and Call of Duty, are, they're fine. They're growing slightly. But uh, I say look out. You've got some pretty good numbers if, uh, if China comes back on in, in a refresh for NVIDIA, which is they have a new graphic card yeah. that's going to start in the year. And the average graphic card is five years old. 
So there's a cycle. And I think that selling NVIDIA is, emo- again, I'm looking at emotional sales. What's an emotional sale? A sale that says AMD's doing badly, let's sell everything. And AMD has a problem with PCs. So did Micron. Look, PCs, it ter- we order a lot of PCs in this country because we work from home. And we don't need new PCs. And I mean, I have a new PC, and I'm not looking to get another new PC. How many new PCs do I need? Well, I mean, in the depths of the pandemic, Intel was trying to argue that the density of PCs per household had changed forever. But clearly, we were just in the midst of another cycle. Well, Pat Gelsinger is he's terrific. <laughs> um, you guys, we're talking about COVID again in terms of China. Why are you shaking your head? What's going on? I said something funny. And you oh, you just did? Well, it well, I laughed. You, do I have to laugh every time? <laughs> no, but you do need do you to need listen. That? I do listen. So what I said? I've heard you say what about Gelsinger. You've said he's a nice guy. No, I said he was a terrific guy. <laughs> right. He only gets terrific when the stock's down more than 3%. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's yep. nice. Skipper, that's exactly right. right. China, COVID, you know, uh, as you guys well know, I, I follow the development of Molnupiravir, one of the two antivirals that are out there, along with Paxlovid, uh, very closely. Uh, Paxlovid is the main therapy used in our country, but uh, Molnupiravir, made by Merck, goes by Legavrio in the rest of the world, is probably the main antiviral in the rest of the world, the UK, Japan, Australia. A new study out uh, that they did in the UK, 25,000 patients, and I, I I mention this because A, Merck is up, but B, because it could be interesting in terms of the next sort of life for these antivirals. Because thankfully, uh, hospitalizations and deaths have, have, uh, have become much more rare, in part because uh, the latest strains are a bit milder. We're all, many people are triple vaccinated. But if you can keep or get people better more quickly, that would seem to be a key marketing point. And this latest study of 25,000 in the UK shows exactly that for uh, Ligavrio, Molnupiravir. Shorten the time to symptom resolution by six days from 15 wow. to nine. That's fabulous. Uh, in a UK trial. That's versus usual care. Uh, 95% of these participants were triple vaxxed. Hardly anybody died. That was not really what they were, the key endpoint. It was much, or at least the secondary endpoint was, hey, we can keep people out. And so expect Merck, which is going to sell about $5.5 billion worth of this drug this year. reflecting the stock. I know. $5.5 billion makes it an enormous drug already. Expect them to push on this, the idea that, hey, this thing is like Tamiflu, except Tamiflu reduces symptoms by one day. By one day, this reduces them by six. And it's something your doctor should simply write you a script for and you have it in your cabinet in case you get COVID. And by the way, in China, it could be the same thing. I I think that they should. They wanted the intellectual property from Moderna. I think that's legitimate that they didn't get it. But I do think yesterday I was on this Norwegian cruise line. It was incredible, David. No masks. People are so thrilled because it's the flu. Right. And and so, you know, that will be interesting to watch. There's Norwegian cruise lines, which is uh, down a bit. You obviously interviewed the CEO yesterday on the boat. But that will be interesting to see in terms of the next wave, how we use these antivirals. In the U.S., though, Paxlovid is by far the favored therapy for doctors. Um, that could change oh, over time. I think it's really important that you talk about that. Not a similar study for Paxlovid, by the way, because in the U.K., Molnupiravir or well, Lagavrio is the main. I, I keep coming back to when Yuman was on my show and said that the flu hospitalization is longer than the COVID hospitalization. Right. And right. that it's actually more deadly than Jim, do we want to talk about CVS uh, in the yeah, same that's general it. area of healthcare? The, well, the Michelin stars were awarded last <laughs> night. 
I don't know if you know that. These, Saga right down the block got two stars. I was there. How, much, how many stars did CVS get? Not enough. Uh, this is the star rating system, which I guess is consumer feedback, and it's a key part of Medicare Advantage. These star ratings represent what uh, now analysts at, for example, uh, RBC are saying, a significant hurdle to reaching management's long-term EPS growth targets. We're talking Aetna as a part of CVS here. Yes. We're talking specifically... Uh, about the CMS rate star ratings for 2023's Medicare Advantage and Part D plans. And it shows Aetna's percentage of members and plans rated four stars and above dropped to 21% yeah, from 87%. Really very poor. People are not happy. And that can impact... Uh, that can impact bonus well, payments. Well, you know, you get a consultant because it's impossible. You get the document from Medicare and it's, it's kind of as long as it's like war and peace. Uh, so then you have to hire... A consultant. And the consultant looks at these stars. Now, everything's down today, which is ridiculous. Centene was bad, and uh, CVS was bad. But that's, well, that's, NVIDIA's not really That's bad. not helpful for CVS's Aetna business in terms no. of their... And, but, you know, I, I picked Humana because they, they had a good plan. But you, you do go by... You, the ratings, Carl, the ratings determine a lot because it's so impossible to understand. I mean, I spent so much time on this thing. I just said, oh, yeah, I hired someone. So people are going to use the highest rated, and right. if it's no longer the highest rated, they're not less likely exactly. to use it. Exactly. It's just, right. it's just like Michelin, except for it's your life instead of food. Got it. Let's get back to the jobs number this morning. Non-farm payrolls up 263,000 for September. Unemployment rate does fall to 3.5. Joining us first on CNBC is the Secretary of Labor, uh, Marty Walsh. Mr. Secretary, great to have you back. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. What is the, uh, what's the stance on the number? The 3.5 is equal to the July low, but labor force participation, we were hoping for a build after last month, didn't get it. Yeah, you know, we're looking at labor participation over a period of time. Obviously, I would have liked to see that number higher today. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, some of the bright spots uh, in this report today, the unemployment rate in the Hispanic uh, community has gone down to a, an all-time low, 3.8%. We saw a drop in all racial groups uh, of unemployment. Uh, we saw manufacturing uh, over the, since President Biden has taken office over 700,000 jobs. Uh, so we're seeing some good things there, but uh, we're certainly what I want we have to do is encourage more people to get involved in the labor force. Uh, wages up five year on year, uh, which is um, on year on year basis the lowest of the year, but it's still nowhere near keeping pace with inflation. Does the, the administration believe wages need to go up or down? I think what we need to do is bring inflation down, and we're working on bringing those pressures down, whether it's through supply chain or, you know, obviously OPEC's decision uh, this week disappointed the president, disappointed all of us. So we have to continue to shift, be, be less reliant on foreign energy. Uh, we have to continue to work on supply chain to bring those costs down. And I think ultimately, you know, it's good to see wages go up. I personally like to see wages go up as a secretary of labor. But with wages going up, we can't, we have to, we have to continue to bring inflation down. Okay, so Mr. Secretary, always good to see you, Jim. Uh, the plans to build uh, the semiconductor plants, which are rather remarkable. We had both Micron, we also had the big Ohio. Uh, I have to tell you, as a student of this, that we don't have enough people to build these things. I mean, we're not, we don't have enough engineers. We don't have enough people who know how to build a building. How do we go about training people so that they're ready to make it so that they can build all these fabs? Yeah, we have to be real intentional about the way we, that we do workforce development and job training apprenticeships. And, you know, since I've been here at Secretary of Labor, you know, when I was, before this, I was Mayor Boston, as the head of the building trades, and we needed people. Our, our workforce is aging out. 
in, in a place like the semiconductors, we're creating all this new industry in the United States of America. And so we have to be working right now while, while they're building facilities and they're building the plant, we have to be training workers up. As they go around the country, that's one of the biggest things I've seen. We gotta work closer with community colleges. We gotta work closer with workforce development boards. We gotta work closer with colleges. And we, we, also, we, we also gotta look at immigration, quite honestly, uh, in, in reform to allow people that are coming to this country getting educated in those exact fields you just talked about so we keep them here in the United States of America to work. So there's, there's a lot of different pieces here that we have to do so we have the workforce, not just for the Intel plant, by the way, but for all industry all across America. When you guys talk on the show every day and you talk about growth in different sectors and the tech sector and all the different sectors, you know, we're losing out right now, but we don't, we don't have enough workers skilled up for those jobs. So we have a unique opportunity, a big opportunity right now to do something different. Yeah, uh, Mr. Secretary, uh, related, you just said you also need to encourage people to get back into the workforce or start looking for a job. And I'm just curious, how do you actually go about doing that? A lot of that is going to have to be on a local level, uh, working through uh, mayors and, and, uh, and town managers and, and creating real pathways into job training. The way I, I envision job training and, and what I've tried to do my entire career is when you go to a job training program or you go to a pre-apprentice program, at the end of the program or at the end of the training, there's a job. We have to do better, a better job of partnering with companies in designing these programs, but also making sure that companies are giving us commitment that when somebody goes through a program, they have a job at the end of it. That, that's going to be key, particularly pre-apprenticeship. Pre-apprenticeship, I found to be very successful because you get a pathway into a union or a pathway into, a, into an office, and you're getting paid while you're in the pre-apprentice program, then you get into the apprenticeship. So I, I think we have to, in the country, really look at the, the way that we work with people and getting people into industries. Not every industry is, is open to the idea of apprenticeship, but you look around European countries, apprenticeship is very successful, and it gets people at a very young age to get into these jobs. Hey, finally, Mr. Secretary, it's been a few weeks since we've been talking about uh, the labor deal on rail, uh, but as we monitor sort of ratification, can you give us an update? And do you think that provides a new framework for how labor thinks about uh, job security in, in this country right now? Well, first, uh, we have four of, the, four of the 12 unions have ratified the contract. We have eight left to go. I, I think that one thing I would suggest to both sides here in the rail, the company and the unions is not get away from the table. The, the reason why we got to an agreement is because the president put an emergency board together. They made a recommendation. We're able to sit them down. This is not how a contract should go. We, they really should get the negotiation done at the table. If, it, if it's after the fact, and the, the Rail Act allows the president to put together this board, if the president didn't have those powers, we, we're not, we're not an, we, we don't have an agreement today. So I would encourage in any negotiation, uh, if you get to a point where there's a strike or a breakdown, it, it, it's too late. We have, we have to make sure, encourage people to stay at the table earlier and get a contract track done. All right. Uh, definitely uh, some late nights uh, for, for you in particular, <laughs> Mr. Secretary. Uh, good to see you. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'm Marty Walsh uh, joining us on the jobs number. Certainly, Jim, that had been something that you had been monitoring as a risk, yeah. right, to efficiency. Look, I mean, look, we got to get productivity uh, better, too. I mean, there are a lot of things. There's a lot of things that are wrong. And I'm an optimistic guy. But uh, I think Secretary Walsh uniquely understands that it, the golden goose is here, and you don't want it slain. And I thought he was as his his he was circumspect about how hot things are because I think he gets it. Uh, this was a bad report. I, I look, I, it was a bad report. The market should go down. Uh, the Fed is winning in terms of getting the stock market down, and I know David is is skeptical of that view. 
But we need to have assets worth less so people spend less and go back to work. Although the two-year had been floating around, I think, prior to the print this morning, it was around 4308. Yes, exactly. Uh, It's at that level right now. I mean, we didn't really add too much on the two-year. No, but we were all hoping it was... Look, hope shouldn't be part of the equation. Uh, we, we are, I think there are many people who are saying, look, if we got something that said 4% unemployment, we got something to hang our hats on. We got nothing to hang our hats on. So I mean, if I were Jay Powell, I would say, I'm not done. And even in, if this is rearview mirror, I'm not done. I've got to keep it up, which means that that two years is a bad buy right now. Right. Just wait. And as this way, all right, so last week we had a, a, a very poor week for stocks. We came into the quarter guns blazing. First two days of this week were up dramatically. Now we're on no particularly good news. No, but and there's now money we coming We're in. still going to be up if we end right now. Well, but that, we'll still what does it matter? Week, although. I mean, I actually just, I was going back and forth with Jeff Marks during the show, and I, we are going to try to buy some stuff right here. Yeah. Well, we've been selling the oils endlessly, and we got a lot of cash. We didn't get to cannabis in the president's you know, uh, pardon yesterday. Walsh, but I didn't know if that was the yeah. right thing to do. Um, of course, as you know by now, uh, pardoning thousands who have been convicted on a, on a federal level and trying to review the rescheduling, perhaps uh, getting it off a of schedule one. Tilray bounced and then, of course, misses this morning on their numbers. Look, I think that this, uh, it's really important that they get rid of this idea that it's a class one felony. But when I go through all the different research, it is not clear to me at all, at all, what the path is. Now, each person thinks there's a path. Justice can do it. Congress can do it. But when I had, I had Bill Newell's yesterday on, on Constellation. He owns, uh, You're talking federal legalization, just right. to be clear. We okay. have to get rid of the class one felony status. Right. Right. The only legal supply of marijuana in this country is at the University of Mississippi. Still. Yeah. What? Still. Still. Still the case. And, right. you know, we can't have it. And I was going to ask him, because it could be a great business, but it's a cash business right now, and it's all surreptitious, uh, unless you're in Oregon or California. And uh, I just think that it's a a, a tremendous moneymaker. It's a very difficult crop to grow because it's dangerous. Because if people find out that you're growing it in any size, well, there's poachers. But I do think that this is something that we can't figure out at all. Now, Irwin's going to say it's easy. We just have to say it's legal. Yeah. But I the problem he, is we can't say it's legal. No, right. it needs something to actually happen. I think he did characterize uh, this morning the, the White House moves as uh, incremental. Mar- Incremental's yeah. right. And, and, and Bill Newlands, again, who owns Big Slug and Canopy, was saying that. But he said something very interesting. He says, I'm done predicting. <laughs> yes. I like that. I'm done predicting. Guys, I'd point out before we get to the bond report, AMD now down almost 7.5%. CVS, we just talked about, down about 7.5%. Twitter sense. is off over two and a half, about 2.3%. Um, some of the moves of the stocks that we, we focused on earlier in the show uh, worsening. Obviously, these are on fundamentals. Twitter is on the perception of whether or not that deal is actually going to get done at right, 5420 right. three weeks from today. Well, look, Twitter, I mean, I'm, I'm re, look, I'm not rethinking what Twitter's worth. I'm telling you that Twitter, the twi- Twitter was doing some things that were really good. No, but your point was that business may be a bit better than been anticipated yes, if exactly. this were. That is my point. Right. They were doing many things that, that were good. Not that it's anywhere near worth 5420. No, no, that's a tremendous overpay. But I'm just saying, look, in the last few days, everyone says the Pinterest is better. Well, what the heck? Pinterest was not better three weeks ago, but it turns out that they were doing a lot of good things. I don't know. I'm, I'm frustrated. 
I call can me tell. frustrated. That's all right. You just, and, you, you're allowed to have a few of those. Yeah, and I, the class one thing. They should. That was good that he released. I mean, fentanyl and marijuana are both That's in the same class. It doesn't, doesn't make sense to some no, people. No, it doesn't. And the opioid. Oh, God. Opioids. As we go to break, uh, let's check bonds here. We mentioned the two-year uh, floating just above 4.3 today. We'll have plenty of Fed speak. Williams, Kashkari, and Bostic, as if that's anything new. As for the Dow, down 4.20. It's going to basically unwind the last three days, take you back to Monday's close. Be right back. S&P laggards for the week. You're going to see a lot of REITs in there, some tower names. But Tesla is going to be the biggest loser, down 13. Uh, despite yesterday announcing semis are going to start shipping to Pepsi December 1 and S&P upgrading their credit to investment grade. We'll get Stop Trading with Jim in just a minute. Let's get to Jim and Stop Trading. Well, you probably want to take the inverse of this, Carl. Uh, there's a note by Citi saying that Meta Platform, so Facebook, is starting to ramp reels, the ad loads, and it's going to be good. And uh, the idea is, is that I think if you somehow monetize WhatsApp, and you demonstrate that Reels is good, and therefore that buys time for uh, the omniverse, their metaverse. The problem with the metaverse is that it's not close yet. Well, page one of the journal is all about TikTok's losses. Yeah, oh, well, losses because of, of some convertible securities, but they're doing seven, they're on a run rate for 72 billion in revenues at ByteDance. A lot of that's TikTok. You that thing could it. generate enormous amounts of cash the minute they want to. And they spent they spent fifteen billion dollars on capex at TikTok or at ByteDance. Well, I mean, I just think that Reels is a better way at, um, for commercial. It may be, but it's it a real competition. Yeah. Well, I mean, to snap. That's good. And, and I mean, we that's found good. our we found our Facebook killer, right? Yes, we, we were looking for it for years. Facebook killer and uh, Epic, by the way, I think is arguably a traditional game killer. How about tonight? Okay, I've got Levi's. Let's find out. Levi's House. And I've got Hertz. Uh, Steve Scherz is turning that company around. Remember Steve Scherz? Uh, with Goldman Sachs. CFO, long time. Yeah, CFO. and he was always, when you talk to him, he was uh, always pretty demonstrative. Straightforward about, gentleman. Straightforward. And my wife would say, who is that you're talking to? Said, Don't worry. Yeah, we'll keep our eye out for uh, Mannheim used auto numbers Which today, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's something positive. <laughs> That and the fact that the Mets are going to get swept, according to David. And, and you're going to 5-0, uh, and oh, I'm sure, no doubt. You had to share that. Why not? Mets fans, we're we'll always negative so that we're ready. I'm leaving right now to go to you got to be so negative to stay positive. That's really good. you got to have a lot of jobs that have bad jobs. Okay, that's good. Dow's down 465. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.